pretty good. I mean, that's a bad shot. Um, care what anybody says, that's a bad shot. Uh, but hey, he made it. That story won't be told. That it was a bad shot. Live with that. What up, world? Welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Blazers. I'm your past first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. And I'm here to tell you that Paul George was right. It was a bad shot. Damian Lillard hit a 37-footer to beat the buzzer, to beat the Oklahoma City Thunder, send the Blazers into the second round of the playoffs. And Paul George was right. It was a bad shot. Taking a 37-footer with the game on the line, a game tied. It's not ideal. Most dudes in the league, they're not making that. <laughs> I don't know if Damian Lode is most dudes in the league. Paul George had a front row seat. The clock winding down. Under two seconds, he gave Dame enough space to launch from 37 feet. Dame hit it, and he waved goodbye to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Sent them home packing, sent the Blazers into the second round of the playoffs. Paul George is right. He's lame. He's lame for doing it, but he's right. It was a bad shot. There's like two dudes in the world who it's a good shot for. Damian Lillard is one of those two dudes. During this playoff series, during the first round playoff series, Damian Lillard is 8 for 12 from beyond 30 feet. He was 4 for 6 from beyond 30 feet. In game 5 alone. 30 feet ain't 37 feet. That was really far out. That's why Logo Lillard is a nickname that Mark Mason yells into the PA microphone at the Moda Center. You got to earn nicknames like that. Dame's earned it. He was the best player in this series by a whole lot. By a whole lot. And game... Five was perhaps the best game he's ever played. He said it himself. It's probably the best game he's ever played. And plenty of other Blazers echoed that sentiment on Tuesday night. Terry Stotts said it. It's probably the best game he's ever seen in person. Mind you, Terry Stotts has been coaching in the NBA for like 30 years. He watched Dirk Nowitzki's 2011 championship run. He's not someone, Terry isn't someone to, to like strike up comparisons. That's not really his style. But he still went there tonight and called this the best game he's ever seen in person. Myers Leonard told me in the locker room after the game that with about eight seconds left that he turned to Blazers assistant coach David Vanderpool and he said, we've been here before. And it's true. I think that was the most impressive part about Tuesday night's win. 
was that the Blazers have been here before. They've seen Damian Lillard do this. He's now the only player in NBA history to hit two series-clinching shots at the buzzer. MJ had one, Ralph Sampson had one, John Stockton had one. Dames had two. You remember the .9 second shot? It was the, at the time, probably the biggest shot in the history of the Blazers. It probably still is, this sort of iconic moment. Down two, the Blazers are supposed to throw the ball into LaMarcus Aldridge and their second-year point guard comes flying around the perimeter, clapping for the ball, and hits a three to give them their first series win in 14 years. Yeah, that's that, the first first round series win in 14 years. That, that, that probably is. I, I think point nine is still probably a bigger shot, a bigger moment in sort of its singularity and what it meant. But if anything is going to get close, it's what Dame did Tuesday night. You get the rebound, collect it 94 feet from the rim after Rukumi hauls in the rebound, clock ticking under 16, dribble across half court, see Paul George, a defensive player of the year candidate in front of you, wave off a screen, get everyone flat along the baseline, because you know that the series is going to be decided by what you do with the ball in your hand. So Dame waves him off. The clock ticks under eight seconds. Five, four. Everyone in the arena at this point knows he's going to shoot it. Like the dude is... at. He's standing there. He's 7 for 11 from beyond 30 feet. 3, 2. Takes a rhythm dribble with his right hand. Splashes a 37-footer to give him a round 50 points for the game. And waves bye-bye to Oklahoma City as Moda Center goes absolutely bonkers. So yeah, Paul George was right, man. Paul George was right. It's a bad shot. If Dame misses it, this podcast is more about what the Blazers did in their final possession, why they didn't take a timeout, and why Dame didn't attack and all that shit. But like we've seen him do this before, so I don't think it's all that surprising. After he hit it, after he waved, his older brother, Houston, ran out on the court and slapped him on his butt. He took a selfie with his mom at midcourt. He ran around and dapped up his Adidas rep. He walked back towards the bench and found his agents, gave them a high five too. Then he did three separate television interviews, one for TNT, one for ESPN, and another for ESPN China. And nobody left the arena because they've seen this before. They saw it against the Rockets. 
They saw it in 2014, so nobody leaves the arena. Now, he didn't grab the microphone and yell, Rip City, as loud as he could. But he basked in a little bit. After his teammates mobbed him and he got back up, he stares directly into the TNT camera and nods his head. Dude has a flair for the moment. Longtime listeners will know my friend Chuck. If you don't know who that is, he's my friend Chuck. He sent me a text message after the game. Now, mind you, Charles is is living in Washington, D.C. It is extremely late at night when this happens. The second text message he saw me is that he was watching at a bar and they literally called, they literally turned the lights on and called last call as Dame hit the shot. But my friend Chuck sent me a text message. And pardon the swear words, but this is actually the, what he sent me at 10, 12 p.m. West Coast time. Dame is a fucking legend. Full stop. I think that's what we saw tonight, y'all. I think we saw the best blazer ever. Cement his place as the best blazer ever. Now, I've talked about this before on the podcast that Drexler getting to two championships and finishing second in MVP voting probably keeps him ahead of Damian Lillard for now. But what Dame has done with these two signature moments in the history of this franchise... What Dame did tonight with 50 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists, on a night when his teammates didn't really bring it. Dude's a legend. My friend Chuck was right. When I uh, get back for the second segment, I want to talk a little bit about the big moment that I haven't touched on yet. What happened with 3 minutes left in the 4th quarter and the Blazers down 8. So keep rocking with me. We'll talk about that next. So before Dame hit that shot, before Al Farouk Aminu grabbed a rebound, before Seth Curry stole the ball from Paul George trying to split a double team, before Mo Harkless hit two crucial free throws, with three minutes and 24 seconds left, Yusuf Nurkic made an appearance in the Moda Center. Almost exactly one month since suffering compound fractures in his left leg, Yusuf Nurkic was back on the Blazers' bench. But this was like... What's wild about this game and this night is that this is some sort of storybook stuff that doesn't totally make sense. The Blazers are down eight, and Yusuf Nurkic, who broke his leg horrifically on March 25th, less than a month later is back on the Blazers' bench with them down eight, three and a half minutes left. Moda Center, big screen, Jumbotron. I think Jumbotron is trademark, so big screen. Might be a Jumbotron. I don't know how this works. But the large screen in the middle of the court shows Yusuf on the bench. He pumps up the crowd. The crowd is going nuts. But they're going nuts in a way that you go nuts when your team is down eight with three minutes left. They're excited. This is like some super surprise stuff. 
Yusuf Nurkic would later tell uh, Joe Freeman and Jason Quick that with three minutes left in the third quarter, he he decided to get dressed and head down to the arena. It took him however many real minutes, that is, from about three minutes left in the third to three minutes left in the fourth to make his appearance on the bench. He's out there, no visible brace, no crutches, just standing there, resplendent with his big beard, cheering on his teammates. But the Blazers are down eight at this point. And Paul George is at the line shooting two free throws. This is a loss. Yusuf Nurkic has showed up in a guaranteed loss to celebrate his teammates. But Paul George misses both free throws. And the Blazers closed the game on a 10-2 run. Helped in large part by a couple calls that went their way. A loose ball foul on Russell Westbrook. An over-the-back foul on Terrence Ferguson. CJ McCollum had a huge bucket down the stretch to tie the game up. Crossing up Paul George at about 19 feet and hitting a mid-range jumper. Paul George then responds, puts the thunder up two. Blazers take a timeout, and Damian Lillard gets all the way to the rack and scores to tie the game up. And then Russell Westbrook misses at the rim, setting up Damian Lillard's legendary shot. An effing legend, full stop. I'm not going to swear twice on the podcast, guys. I, I respect you too much to do that. One F word per podcast. Shout out to my friend Chuck. But this use of Nurkic stuff, guys, this is legendary stuff. Truly the stuff of legends. Truly the, the like, so corny that, uh, that I would be mad at a Disney movie for putting in this moment. Three minutes left down eight, you bring back the injured center who shattered his leg a month ago. And the team rallies from down eight to win the game by three. Get out of here. Terry Stotts joked after the game that Yusuf Nurkic was plus 11. Terry Stotts had a lot of jokes after the game. If you get a chance, check out his post-game press conference. This dude was in a good mood. With good reason. I think the really thing that you need to know about Yusuf Nurkic is that he was wearing a custom t-shirt that said, Got bricks? Question mark. Next question with a cartoon brick in the middle separating those two phrases. My guy had a custom t-shirt made trolling Russell Westbrook, showed up the arena wearing it, came to the bench with three minutes left, and the Blazers rallied from down eight to win? That is not real, guys. That is not real. This is... If I didn't believe... If I hadn't watched it, if I hadn't just sat there in section 113 and watched it, I wouldn't believe this corny storybook ending the Blazers engineered for themselves this evening. But somehow they did it. I think there was... Terry Stott said there was a little boost from Nurk. And I don't know if that's sort of myth-making because of how the game ended. 
that you give credit for Nurkic showing up and, and changing the game. But I know that it happened. I know that I watched it happen. I know that they showed Nurk on the big screen, and then the Blazers came back from down eight to win it with three minutes left. I know they were down 15 in the fourth quarter and rallied back. I think this was a special moment. A couple other Blazers staffers told me that they did not know Nurk was coming. This includes people who run game operations, the PR staff, yada, yada, yada. A variety of people who work for the Blazers told me they didn't know Nurk was coming. This was a big surprise. That he literally decided with three minutes left in the third quarter and the Thunder in the midst of a 30-6 game-changing run. Damian loaded a three-pointer. This is important, I guess, context for this. Damian loaded a three with about three minutes left in the third to put the Blazers up nine. Huge corner three. And Dame is cooking at this point. He has 27 points in the first half. That probably puts him up to about 40. It's like, okay, Thunder are going to fold. Moda Center's rocking. I'm standing next to Brian Wheeler on the radio call. He's doing his alliteration thing. Uh, Thunder rip off a 30-6 run from that point. Take control of the game. Lead by 15 in the fourth quarter. Blazers rally back. Yusuf Nurkic shows up. The rally continues. Damian Lillard hits, if not the greatest shot in the history of the franchise, the second greatest shot in the history of the franchise because he already owns the first. This is some uh, stuff of effing legends, to quote my friend Chuck. There was some other stuff that happened. We'll talk about that in the uh, third segment. But before I do that, I want to remind you guys that if you want to hear me react to these games, make sure that you subscribe to this podcast on Himalaya, podcast app with curated playlists and new features every week. Recommend you check out. This podcast is also available on Google Play, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, And as always, remember when you get in your car, tell your smart device, play podcast Locked On Blazers. Make it a part of your daily commute, daily routine, wherever you get in your car. Tell your smart device, play podcast Locked On Blazers. All right, what's up? Still Locked On Blazers, still Mike Richmond, still pass first point guard. I I think this series ends as a kind of referendum on Dame and Russ, like, like I think that's the story that, that we pull away from the end of this series, is that a former MVP was vastly outpra- outplayed by someone, and now the national narrative is that Damian Lillard is just straight up better than Russell Westbrook. Hard for me right now, as I sit here in my podcast recording studio in North Portland, to argue with that. I think that's, I think that's going to be the case. I think, I, I, I think the way these playoff series play out, the way narratives kind of build themselves in the playoffs. That Damian Lillard being better than Russell Westbrook is a fair analysis and something that we saw play out over these five games. 
I also think Damian Lillard was his best this the best player in the series by a long shot. But we'll have more time to talk about Dame and his place. Like I said, he's he if he didn't solidify himself as the best player in franchise history tonight, he made it clear that Clyde Drexler's place as the best player in Blazers history is just a a temporary position. He's got a tedious hold. Dame's coming for the mantle. If he hasn't already snatched it, he will. But I want to highlight some other things that happened in Game 5. We'll talk about Dame and Legacy later. One of the big sort of moments from Game 5. It's not even a moment. It's like a continuous thing you saw if you watched the game. Ennis Kendra played through a a really beat-up left shoulder. He came out to the podium after the game looking like a pitcher who just threw 125 pitches. Huge thing of ice. Maybe dealing with a separated shoulder. Not totally clear. But dealing with a serious shoulder injury in his left side. You could see it when he was playing in this game. He was running down the court, kind of bracing that arm against his, le- against his left thigh just to sort of run without pain. He would give high fives to all his teammates with only his right hand. And then he would go back to battling Stephen Adams in the post with his left hand. It's like he was saving all the pain for the moments that mattered. He made a layup down the stretch with his left hand and then immediately grabbed his shoulder and winced and kind of ran up the court holding that arm in place. He's clearly having a ton of issues with it. It's not 100% clear when he suffered that injury. Uh, Early in the first half, there was a moment where Paul George kind of stripped him and and Cantor winced and kind of grabbed himself, and you could tell that uh, that that moment that his left shoulder or his left arm was hurt. It's kind of unclear if that was the moment that it happened or that was the moment that it was re-aggravated from a previous injury. But him gutting through that injury is uh, kind of emblematic of what the Blazers were like in this series. They were just grittier, tougher, and better than the Thunder when, when push came to shove. They won an ugly game one down the stretch. They pulled away in a dominant third quarter in game two. When they came back in game four, it was about a really strong second half. And in game five, they came back from down double digits with three minutes left. They were just gritty. They were better. As I I told you in the last podcast, the Blazers won this series because they were better than the Thunder. I think that's still true. And they were tougher than the Thunder. And I think Ennis Cantor, with his busted shoulder, and who knows what he'll be like in the second round of the playoffs. Who knows? But he was tough. And <laughs> he played a he played a huge role for the for the Blazers down the stretch. He he uh after game one, when he had that monster game, twenty and eighteen. Uh, he 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 was at the podium and someone asked him about the Billy Donovan at saying can't play Cantor this sort of epic soundbite of uh, 
the Thunder Rockets series when you Billy Donovan was caught on the bench saying very early, like in the first, you know, first two quarters of that series, can't play Cantor. And as Cantor tweeted, can play Cantor, C-A-N in all caps. And the Blazers, plus 11 with Cantor on the court during this series. They were better with him. He's their best center left on the roster. That's not a big surprise. But I think this was sort of a referendum on at least Cantor's weaknesses. They only came out very briefly in Game 3. He was pretty good. Better than this podcast host thought he would be. The Blazers are going to play the Nuggets or the Spurs in Round 2. We'll know after Thursday, or if we don't know after Thursday, we'll know after Saturday. I'll record a podcast if we know after Thursday, I promise you guys. If we have to wait till Saturday, I'll record a podcast on Monday morning prior to game one, giving you a fat preview. You know I got y'all. But for a moment, before we look ahead to round two, I think we should all appreciate what happened on Tuesday night. Damian Lillard had one of the best games in the history of this franchise. He might be the best player in the the history of the Blazers, and this might have been his best game ever, a signature moment, a truly legendary night where he hit a shot that'll be played forever. He celebrated with his mom and his brother at midcourt. He hung around for 20 minutes and no one in the Motor Center really left. They stayed to bask in it because they'd seen him hit this type of game winner before and standing around to bask in it is really fun. This was a really special night. We'll worry about round two later this week. I appreciate you guys listening. Tell your friends about Lockdown Blazers. Tell them they can find it on the Himalaya app, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. I'm going to talk to you guys real soon. Have a good one.